Hey there, a-holes, and welcome back to another episode of A-Hole Design Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Elise. Why is there music playing? Oh, it's me. Sorry. Why is there music playing? I started hearing something. <laughs> um, yes, welcome to the episode. Hey. <laughs> Today so is you guys. Emily. We lied. We said we were going to do this episode in person. We did it's not. It's true. No. We did not. We ended up, I only ended up going to Elisa's for about 24 hours. Actually, exactly 24 hours, Matt and I figured out because we got to your house at 9.30 p.m. and we left at 9.30 the next night. Yeah. So we did not end up having time to record, record. But we had a really fun weekend. Yeah. It was really fun. So. Yeah. Did some shopping. We went yep. golfing. Well, we went and to golfing. Golf at Golf. What's it called? Top Golf. Top Golf. I was like, Golf Galaxy is not right. Golf um, Galaxy. <laughs> we went to Golf yeah. Galaxy and just shopped there. Um, it was really fun. Yeah. That's I Lorenzo and I go back tomorrow. Day. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. The Valentine's Day episode's coming. So mm-hmm. that is our night tomorrow. That's fun. Did he end up getting his deal that he was looking at? I don't know. I just <laughs> let him do whatever. It made him happy. It made him happy. It- it did. And then, yes. uh, yeah, today at work we had my cheesecake for my birthday because I'm the only February birthday, so they let me pick the cake. So fun. Uh, tomorrow, again, is Valentine's Day, so we have, like, an Olive Garden love song bingo event, which is exciting. Y'all are spoiled, man. So many things happening. And... This week is slowly killing me, and it's only Tuesday. <laughs> Please. Because <laughs> I'm well, trying to work an extra hour. Exactly. I'm trying to work one extra hour a day. And you would think that one extra hour doesn't do much, but it really, I think, is slowly killing me inside so that I can leave early Friday mm-hmm. um, at lunch because then Lorenzo and I are driving to the coast to see my family who snowbirds and is there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That would be really so fun. I mean, yeah, exactly. I'm excited to pet a dog. <laughs> It'll be worth it at the end of the week. Yeah. So it'll be pleasure week, even though it's only Tuesday. My week. It's Tuesday. It's fine. Long. Nothing crazy. Yeah. No. I did a bunch of little projects yesterday at work and then today I got one big project. So that was nice. It made the time go by a little bit faster. Yeah. Um yeah, starting to look at vacation stuff for the summer, which is really exciting. Trying to figure oh, yeah. stuff out and plan and looking at flights and um oh, I have one thing that's really fun that's coming up that I spontaneously did last night. I haven't what told did you, you do? yet. I bought tickets to go see Duke play next weekend. <laughs> oh. Yeah, okay, that sounds about right. <laughs> I'm so excited. So we're going to see them play at Wake Forest, which they just played Wake Forest at Duke um, over this past weekend, and they crushed Wake Forest. So I'm very excited for the game. Do you have a Duke foam finger? I do not. I have a Gulls one. I have two Gulls, actually. You should get a Duke one. I might have to. Well, I can't bring it in with me. You can only bring in clear bags. With a foam finger. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Oh... Yeah, so that I'm really looking forward to. That's not this upcoming weekend. Actually, when you guys listen to this episode, it's this coming. It's the coming weekend. Oh, okay. That's nice. So, yes, I'm very excited. 
But that's my spontaneous thing. It's going to be... I Matt knows that I've already made the purchase, but I haven't officially dubbed it his Valentine's Day gift, but, like, it's kind of just I going see. to be. Yeah, yeah. That's cute. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll have a lot of fun at that, though. Yay. Yay. We didn't um, even talk about doing a catch-up at the beginning of this episode. It just kind of happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was like, maybe we should update. The Super Bowl just happened this weekend. The Chiefs won. It was kind of I, a boring game. Yeah. I only watched I the last like five minutes of overtime. That's pretty that much the only thing that was worth it. Yeah. yeah. The commercials were bad. The Super Time Bowl. Nope. The <laughs> Super Bowl halftime show was bad. I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little, like, weirded out by, like, the parts that I have seen. It was, like, Usher, like, filling up Alicia Keys on stage. And it's, like, Alicia Keys' husband was there and Usher's wife was there. And I was, like, that was weird. I felt uncomfortable and I wasn't – they looked like they're having too much of a good time doing that activity on stage. Yeah. Like, I would have felt know. weird if it was one of their spouses, but – Usher's hip gyrating really made me uncomfy. And then he also wore gloves as if he was like Michael Jackson. I was like, interesting, interesting. It's not cold in Vegas. I can most certainly assure you that it's no. not cold enough for gloves. No, and you would know that. No, no, they were fashion, like fashion-y gloves. Oh, but you like know the, that like he was in Vegas knuckle. because he was sweating like so profusely. Like you would think that he literally was an NFL player. And during the halftime show, he had to still perform and then go back onto the field. He was that sweaty. Interesting. I mean, to be fair, like, they do a lot of work on stage. But True. I do know what you're talking about. He did look very, very excessively sweaty. Yeah. His roller skating, though, I was like... What? It's kind of... He roller skated at one point, and I was like, it's kind of random. And I feel like that was his COVID hobby, and he just wanted to show it off. <laughs> Like, it was just something that he picked up, and he's like, this is gold. Wow. I need this. Yeah, I but haven't just, seen yeah. anything from the Super Bowl. Literally, I turned, I got in bed with Matt, and, or we got in bed, and um, I was like, oh, what happened at the end of the game? Because he was, like, periodically, like, telling me when ESPN notifications came through, we didn't watch. And he's like, mm -hmm. oh, it's an overtime right now. And I was like, what? It's an overtime. <laughs> so I turned it on, and we watched the last, like, five minutes, and, like, I just really wanted to see, like, Travis and Taylor, obviously. But um, yeah. I had seen something online, like, this rumor that Travis was going to propose to Taylor at the end if they won. So, of course, I wanted to see the proposal live if it happened. And, of course, it did not happen. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I heard that rumor and I was like, but what if they lose? And that's kind of awkward. Yeah. And just like extra. Well, I do know it, it's what's her name? The um girl that started making or not the girl, the woman that started making the jackets out of old jerseys. One of mm -hmm. the um football wives, her husband was on the 49ers. Oh. So and she did post on her story like the day after the game. She's like taking a few days off from social media to like work through this heartbreak and i was like oh i forgot that like there was a losing side too <laughs> do you know what i mean i know well but yeah. do you know what i mean like you celebrate the like especially since we're not really fans of either team it's like we're just kind True. of there to enjoy it and like you kind of forget the like loser aspect of it too yeah i kind of wanted the 49ers to win just because the chiefs won last year mm -hmm. but then Fair. part of me is like it's cool to see like a streak like there's both sides True. 
I mean, I think I knew in my heart that the Swifties wouldn't let the Chiefs not win. Do you know what I mean? True, true. They run onto the field to get the touchdown. (laughs) Well, and there's also the whole thing about, like, the NFL agenda and, like, it's all pre-planned and programmed and scheduled and, like, stuff like that, which I totally believe. Like, I think that is most certainly a thing in all sports, though, not just football. And, um... So it's just interesting. I was like, there's no way that like with all of the marketing and Taylor Swift being involved and like that being so much money and like that they wouldn't make the Chiefs win. Yeah. Like they're making Kelsey, so much money off of that relationship. Then if yeah, they, re- they really are. If mm-hmm. he made the overtime touchdown, I would have believed it was rigged. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. But because it was. But because so it the was person. The yeah. The other guy, he didn't even start the season on the Chiefs. The guy what? who got the touchdown. He didn't start the season on the Chiefs. Oh, wasn't it like the Eagles or something? Like he was on an... I think so. Something. Yeah. I, I don't think know. I do remember that announcement. It was so funny. Okay. My last like football thing. Um, because by the time this episode comes out, it's gonna be so like old news. But yeah, um, that's true. the part where they were doing like the interviews afterwards and everyone was up on the stage and like they were holding the trophy. They did um, Patrick Mahomes first and he talked for a while and then they did Travis Kelsey and he talked for a while. And then they had the guy come out who got the touchdown. And I think he's, he answered one question and they were like, all right, thank you everyone for coming. And like ended (laughs) the whole thing. He answered one question and that was it. I believe it. Yeah. But it was like five minutes of Patrick Mahomes and like five minutes of Travis Kelsey, like screaming into the mic. And then, oh, the coach was the other person. And then the kid who mm. caught the touchdown. And that was it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Mm. But. Dang. We have an action-packed episode for you guys today. I'm very excited about it. I think at the least, uh, I think at the beginning, Elise was going to tell you guys it's going to be a very me-heavy episode. Um, yeah. I did a lot of research for this episode, and I'm very excited for it. So I'm going to educate all of you at the same time. Elise hasn't even seen my notes yet. So we're going to talk about the White House, because uh, I think when this episode comes out, Monday was President's Day, and which I don't get off. Do you get off? No. Oh, big sad. It's President's Day. And so I was, we were really interested in looking in the or looking at the history of the White House and, like, how it was built and, like, why and um, all of the things that's happened to it, the interior decoration, the style, and how it's changed from president to president and stuff like that. So we're going to walk through that today, and I'm very excited because mm-hmm. um, it's just there's so much that happened that I had no clue, and now I, like, really badly want to go and tour the White House in D.C. and, like, actually go on, like, one of those, like, tours that you see Yes, yes. Yes, so I'm very excited. I don't remember if we did a field trip to the White House. I know we did the Capitol. I don't remember the White House, but we did, like, a lot of field trips, so Mm -hmm. it could have just blurred in to my elementary school life. I don't know if you told the people, but so Elise grew up a portion of her childhood in Virginia, like, near D.C. I don't know if you ever told them that. Which is how you're able to know. do all of those field trips as a kid. No, I'm just super rich. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to private yes. school and they flew her down. <laughs> so I live near Springfield, Virginia, which is where a lot of people who work in D.C. live, like Springfield, Alexandria. And I went to a par- 
private Catholic school there, which is like, there's a million of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's also a million, which was very different moving up to New York, like going from all of the private schools available to like one in the area in upstate New York. And um, so it's just very interesting because all the kids, when I was leaving, it was the time where kids were like, almost like college, like deciding, quote unquote, and applying to the different high schools to see like where they'd go. Oh, wow. Um, anyways, that's a whole other story. But yeah, so I grew <laughs> up till seventh grade in ups- upstate, northern Virginia, and then yeah. moved to New York. So yes. yes, I did a lot of DC trips, a lot of museums and stuff. Mm-hmm. So You also did an internship in DC. You did interior design in DC. I did. Yes, that's just true. In Old Town, Alexandria, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. So that's my background. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been to DC once. It was in eighth grade. I feel like everyone goes when they're in eighth grade. Um, and I haven't been back since and I really want to go badly. I've driven through DC twice in the past like year because when I go up to Maine or back, I drive through DC. So, like, mm. I've literally seen everything from the highway. It's just I haven't physically been since I was 13. So, it's mm. oh, it's been 11 years since I've been to D.C. That's a long time. Wow. Long time. Aging myself right here. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> we shall begin talking about the White House. And it's going to be kind of just like a periodical, like, times, dates, um, and facts a lot of it so okay. it may be i'm really excited about it to some people it may be really dry i don't know we'll see kind of how it goes but i do want to clarify that a lot of the websites had the same information some of them had some varying like dates or people so if i get something incorrect it's just i have it gen i have it like i'd say like 98 percent correct in terms of like when and who but there's some things that like were very ing and i kind of just took the middle point or like did like who i saw the most of um for that event so with that we can head on into it and i'm actually very surprised because the white house location was chosen by george washington George Washington said, I want to be here. And he like chose the actual place of where he wanted the White House and then D.C. was around it. And D.C. was never meant to be a place where people could live. It was supposed to be only where people would go to work or where the government happened. Mm. So that's why like I've been talking to Matt a lot about this recently. But D.C. has um, like you can't. Not that you can't vote, but, like, they have no one that represents them, and there's a lot of different things going on in terms of that, and that's all stemmed back to the fact that George Washington chose this location in this district purely because he wanted it to be only government work. No, like, people living, like, nothing like that, so. So I wonder if he would like it now or not like it now. Hmm. And for those who don't know, Washington, D.C. is America's capital, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and it stands for District of Columbia because I feel like this is a trick question where some people like I feel like that would be an interview question on TikTok that I see where they like interview people on the streets and they'd be like, what's the capital of America? And yeah. they'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's the only answer. I don't know what else. Like what other city is big? New York City, I guess. Maybe some people say New York City. 
I don't like, know. What Maybe they city? don't even know that like we have one. Like Maybe. in general. Or they'll be like Maryland. Know. Please. <laughs> I have no clue. But I agree. I feel like people get that wrong a lot. So this all happened in 1970s when um George Washington found this location on the river and sorry said, I want what? Ni- I'm sorry, when? 1790, 1790, 1790, 1790. I'm sorry. Uh, this is like the second time that I've tripped up dates. I think the other one was in the um, the Black History Month episode. But so he was working with a city planner to design D.C. named Pierre L'Enfant, which is I think his last name silly because it means the infant in French. And yes. so the house, the house location was chosen and that became the center of D.C. So everything spread out from that in pretty much a central point. So everything around D.C. is like centered back to the White House. And mm. there was actually a competition to find a builder. So people were able to submit different drawings and architectural documents to try to petition to have their drawing chosen for the White House. Mm-hmm. And. There were nine main proposals that they looked at, and at the time, it was called the President's House. It wasn't called the White House. So there was nine different Mm. proposals um, looked at for the building of the President's House, and the, quote, winner, the chosen design, was um, by someone named James Hoban, who was Irish, actually. So Mm. lots of – we've got a city planner from France, and we've got James Hoban is from – uh, Ireland. Ireland. So it's like <laughs> people from all over, which I guess at that time was a little more common, especially when like America started. Like people. I was going to say, yeah, over. it's not like anyone so that's was probably technically American. That's yet. true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So he was chosen for his practical and handsome design. And the original design of the White House, if you look at the White House from the front, like quote front from Pennsylvania Avenue. There's like the central older part and then there's two hallways that go out into two large buildings on either side. So the original part Mm -hmm. was just that center, like square, like everything that has the big columns in the middle. So that was what he designed. And the construction for the uh, White House began in October of 1792 and it took eight years to build. So George Washington never actually lived in the house because it took longer than his term to be able to move into it. And the construction team, I just wanted to shout out to them because <laughs> it, it it consisted of both enslaved and free African-Americans and then also European oh. um, immigrants. So the White oh. House was built by a lot of people who weren't paid. <laughs> so oh, I love honestly, but not a lot. <laughs> I think that represents America correctly. <laughs> I think this is true. I think this is true. Um, another fun fact I learned about. Um, the presidents and not necessarily pertaining to the White House, but the White House staff, when um, people did have slaves or people who they eventually paid to have work for them, every single president that came in brought in their own help. So it was never like mm. a permanent staff at the White House like it is now. It was like as people came in, they would bring like from their estates in whatever place that they're coming from, like all of their help from there. Right. Right. Which I thought was interesting. Um, I have a Washington, George Washington fun fact, besides the oh. fact that he was our first president. Okay. God bless America. <laughs> Please. 
Um, George Washington's dentures were made of ivory, gold, human, and animal teeth. Isn't that literally disgusting? <laughs> that is disgusting. <laughs> but there is like a rumor Cheers. that people think his dentures were wooden, but. I just wanted to clear the air, and it's much worse than wood. So it's... did he lose all of his teeth while he was president? I don't know if it was while he was president or just Or just, overall. like, when he was old. Right, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was hard living back in the 1700s, man. <laughs> it sounds like it. So back to the construction of the White House. In 19... 19- 1798, I almost just said the date wrong again. Um, the house was covered in a lime-based whitewash, and this whitewash is what came to have the house called the White House because it gives it its white appearance. Mm. So eventually, it still doesn't get called the White House for a while, but um, this is kind of where that name comes from. So do you want to guess how much... It costs to build the White House in today's money. Oh, today. In today's money. Or I guess if you want to guess in the in um this uh 1790s dollar. No, it's okay. I don't think it'd can. be any better. I have both numbers. I would say today's day and age. Are we including the flanks, the wings, or just the center? No, as it was originally built, just the centerpiece. Oh, so it was originally no. a two-story house quote house i'm gonna i'm gonna low oh it's okay today's day and age five to ten million yeah okay yay so in today's dollar it's 7.7 million dollars okay back then it was 232,372 dollars and that is on inflation my friend (laughs) But, like, even then, like, I look at that number, I'm like, oh, that wasn't too bad. But then if you think about it, in the 1700s, yeah, that's a very different number in the 1700s. Didn't you make, like, a penny in a, a day? A dollar, yeah. <laughs> Literally. So. Okay, wait, this is a dumb lot. question, but this just made me think, oh, my gosh, ha, 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 a penny a day. Um what did they have on their pennies if they didn't have all these presidents that we have now? Riddle me that. <laughs> I don't know. I want you to clip that and like put in like the error noise over both of us thinking like the like. <laughs> We're just broken. I was like, wait, wait, a, wait a second. No, who did they have on their currency? I'm sure that there was something on the currency. It probably wasn't people at the time. It was probably like the actual amount, or it was like based off of size or color or something like that. Like, how do you even start a country? Let's just let's just start there because I mean, obviously the Revolutionary War, but like all the steps from there is like, man, uh, yeah. Get our boy George Washington um, on the pod, and we'll let you know. We just have a Hamilton watch party and it just becomes that. Might as well. Uh, so in 1800, John Adams, who was the second president of the United States, was the first president who lived in the White House. And by the time he moved in, it wasn't actually done, but he moved in, I think, in the last few months of his term. So he mm. didn't really live there for very long, but he was technically dubbed the first president to live in the house. And then after him, every single president made their own changes, whether they modified the house, they 
um, remodeled or they added something on or they took something away or they changed something like it all happened after Adams. So John Adams is the only president to live in the White House as it was originally built, which I thought was really interesting. It's kind of cool. So we move on to all of these different presidents and like the different things and the destruction that happens to the White House. And there's a whole lot of crap that happened to it over the years, the different people and the things that happened in the world. So we first start with Thomas Jefferson, who was the first. Hold on. Yes. What would you say the style of the White House is? And is it significant? Oh, well, maybe you could. Are you going to talk about it later? I don't know. I'm just asking. I do talk about the different styles that the White House has been on the interior. The exterior okay. is dubbed like federal neoclassicism style. Okay. Neoclassicism yeah. style. So I did research on this in grad school and I can't really remember the extent of it, but there's some psychological effect as to why the White House looked like it does and whether or not I think they realized it at the time. I'm not completely sure, but. The way that it looks like kind of that Greek temple look where it has mm-hmm. the ionic columns and it has the, um, I can't remember if portico is the right word, but it's kind of like coming to my brain like it's the right word. But they mm-hmm. have all of these different details in the house that look like um, something that you'd find in a Greek or Roman temple um, was mm-hmm. because psychologically we think back to like we associate that with like a great powerful nation that once was and like something that's like bigger than us. Yeah. So that's why a lot of different um, like the Capitol building and you see like the White House and even in your hometown, I'm sure to some extent the uh, government building there resembles somewhat a greek or roman temple unless you have a very modern town then kudos to you but i know my town has um like the columns outside of the front of the building and they have the the stairs that lead up to the deck and the huge front door and all of that stuff so it kind of just makes you feel small little yeah yeah it makes you like think of something that's bigger than yourself i think is really the point of it but Mm -hmm. um it all stemmed there so i think that's interesting okay just curious yeah there it is i had a wet burp coming in i didn't want to start talking and it come up in the middle ew (laughs) so thomas jefferson was the first president to decorate the white house and had furniture and wallpaper imported from france to like actually be put into the house because remember when john adams lived in the white house um he was the first person to be in there he wasn't in there for long and the house wasn't even done when he was in there i think he really just Mm. moved in so he could say that he lived there more than anything like he really didn't do anything to the house while he was there it was really more once we got to thomas jefferson that like it started being decorated and people cared about the appearance and what it looked like on the inside so He had furniture and wallpaper imported from France, which is very ironic because they just had this whole separation from Europe as a country. True, true. (laughs) So. But Jefferson was the ambassador of France during the Revolutionary War. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Hamilton taught me that. (laughs) That makes sense. Yes. He also added two water closets to the White House. Very important modifications. (laughs) And um, worked with an architect named Benjamin Latrobe to add booked ending terrace pavilions to either end of the White House, which was around 1805. Mm. 
unfortunately, the White House burns down to the ground um, in 1814, during the War of 1812. So, oh. um, yeah, she she crumbled, she fell. And they bring back James Hoban, who was the original architect for the White House, to rebuild it, basically. And whether or not they rebuilt it to the exact T that they built it to the first time, I'm not 100% sure. But um, they did bring back the same architect, which makes me hopeful that they did honor the actual um, exterior of the house. Mm-hmm. Or interior, I guess. But I have no clue what the interior looked like. So <laughs> James Hoban came back and rebuilt it. And then when... James Madison and his wife, Dolly, uh, became president and first lady. They moved into the house and uh, they moved into the house in 1817, which was when the next like round of the house being rebuilt was done. And they also chose to um, fill it with French furniture and like trying to give it more of a regal feel. Again, Mm. very ironic considering we had just separated from a monarchy that we didn't want to be a part of, but they wanted to make it feel very regal and like royal. So they had very extravagant French furniture put into the White House. We then have the South Portico and North Portico were added to the White House in 1824 and 1829. So like the latest 20s. And then. 200 years ago. Yeah, true. This is true. They're just about 200 years. Actually, they're not 200 years old because they burned down again, but we'll get to that. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> so then in 1829, I thought this was interesting. A horde of 20,000 inaugural callers forced President Andrew Jackson to flee the safety um, of the White House to a hotel. And these people like raided the White House, basically. And... White House aides ended up filling washtubs outside with orange juice and whiskey to lure them out of the White House. Please. What was the raid for? Let me know why it worked. I don't think they liked him. Oh, poor Jackson. I don't think they liked him. So, but isn't he? um, He's on a bill. So what the heck? Is he? He's on the ten, I think. Is he? Jackson. I'm not the right person. He's on the ten dollar bill. Hold on. Sure. I'll check. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> so then after this happened, there was... Uh, oh. It was, it, it's Hamilton. It. After it's all Hamilton. of that. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Andrew. Miss Hamilton Queen. Jackson. Oh, he's the $20. Well. Oh. Isn't- yeah. Sorry. My bad. The Hamilton's Memorial's $10. The $1? Jackson is 20 Let me just look up currency. <laughs> People on currency. Presidents. There we go. No, oh, it doesn't tell you what they're on. What the frick? Okay, George Washington is on the first. Iconic. Okay. Abraham Lincoln is on the five. Mm-hmm. Andrew Jackson is on the 20 Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know what the order of this is. Sorry. Hamilton's 10. Jackson's 20. Ulysses S. Grant is 50. The $100 bill is Benjamin Franklin. And the very rare useless one of the $2 bill is Thomas Jefferson. Interesting. Okay. Sorry. 
Okay. It's okay. So back to the White House. Um, we had a few calm years, um, aka like 50 years, 40 years. And then in the 1870s, the Grants had the house and they changed the decor to a Victorian style. So we've just gone from like a French Regency kind of look to Victorian, like very heavy Victorian. And Mm. I know that it goes back and forth between Victorian and other styles quite a few times. And every time a president moves in after it changes to Victorian style, they're all like, this is disgusting. This is not the White House. Like, why does it look like this? But it was popular at the time. So um, I guess they get a little bit of. Yeah. And you said that's with Grant. Mm -hmm. Ulysses S. Grant. I have two of his fun facts. Do you want them now or later? Sure. Go for it. Okay. The first fun fact is that he was given a $20 speeding ticket for riding his horse and buggy too fast. (laughs) Imagine. $20 in the 1800s. That was a lot. I know. What? Oh. Um, the Wait, next when one he was president that, or when he was not? It's just that he was given a $20 speeding ticket. That is so when. funny. That is so the funny. The next one is, I would assume before, imagine pulling a president over now. Like, well, you can't really That's do it true. now. Because I don't think they really drive because they still get, like, security even when they're after president. That's true. Anyways, the second is that he was born originally... Hiram Ulysses Grant, but he changed it because his initials were Hug and he didn't like it. (laughs) So he's Ulysses S. Grant, as we know him, which is hilarious because last episode we talked about how much like people should think about initials. So I thought that was a funny fact. It's true. That is really funny. I love that. (laughs) My chair is so squeaky. Okay. Okay. So it was Victorian with Grant. Yes, the Grants had a Victorian style. And then in 1882, President Chester Arthur hired Lewis Comfort Tiffany to redesign the Red Room, the Blue Room, the East Room, and the Entry Hall. So we we, we were not at this point in time a fan of the Victorian style anymore. So he had a whole bunch of rooms redone, and he also added in a stained glass screen, which is so beautiful. I'll have Elise post a picture of it for you guys to see. It is so pretty. Um, Very, like, what is the style? It almost reminds me of, like, an Art Nouveau, but it's not Art Nouveau. And it almost reminds me of an Art Deco, but it's not Art Deco. All right. I don't know. So if you, um, for you, <laughs> I'm at looking the bottom. Right now. Okay. I was going to say, I have a link to it in the thing, but. What would you say? Just White House stained? Um, a stained glass screen. 1882. Oh. It's really pretty. I'm pretty sure it was put okay. in as a space divider between two different large rooms. Um, For listeners, I would think Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Hundred percent. Think Beauty and the Beast ballroom and just overall vibes. Yeah, it has a lot of like bright colors in it, doesn't it? It's mm-hmm, like reds mm-hmm. and blues and yellows, golds. Yeah, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. It is very. If pretty. my memory serves me, but it's beautiful, and it was unfortunately lost in um a fire. Lol. Uh, of course it will. So, 
After this all happened, we have in 1891, big thing happened, you guys. We got electrical lights instead of gas lights in the White House. That's why Big things happening. Big things happening. We then have in 1902, so we're more towards like modern-ish history, Mm -hmm. uh, Teddy Roosevelt did a huge renovation of the White House. Basically, I was watching um, this whole episode sparked me to watch a documentary on the White House and the history. And mm. Teddy Roosevelt had, I believe, six children or seven children when he was president, and they all moved into the White House. And oh at God. the time, the president's quarters was like two bedrooms and like a living room. And mm. it was very, very small. So when Teddy Roosevelt moved into the White House with his entire family, he was like, something has to change because, like, my family just genuinely does not fit anymore. So he had a huge renovation. And there was the relocation of the president's offices from the second floor of the residence. So, like, it used to be in, like, the president's, like, private quarters. Mm-hmm. It was moved to a newly constructed temporary executive office building, which is now the West Wing, and had all of the Victorian decor, uh, had all the Victorian decor removed and brought it back to a uh, neoclassical federal style. So tried to bring it back to kind of what it was when it was built, as opposed Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. all of these Victorian changes. And the Roosevelt renovation, which is kind of what it's dubbed because it was so big, um, was planned and carried out by a famous New York architectural firm, McKim, Mead, and White. Hmm. Which, for some reason, to me sounds familiar, but I don't know why. Yeah, I haven't heard of it. In 1909, uh, President William Howard Taft had the Oval Office constructed with an Mm. enlarged office wing. So... The Oval Office, like this big famous room, wasn't brought until the beginning of the 1900s. And Mm. there's some rumor, whether or not it's true, that Taft had the Oval Office created because he never wanted to be able to be cornered in his own office by someone. (laughs) So no one could ever, like, you know, like, overpower him in this space. Like, there was no corners, literally. Yeah, so he was like, I don't want any corners in the room. Hence the Oval Office being uh, changed. Or built as an oval. The <laughs> Oval Office, when he built it, was painted an army green color. And since then, every single president has had it painted a different color or wallpapered in a different pattern. Huh. Which I thought was interesting. So, like, yeah. um, Obama had it in a, like, beigey yellow color. Trump had it painted gray. I don't know what it mm. is now for Biden. But every single president has added a different color. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Very fun. I don't think I like either of those choices of like beige, yellow, and gray. Both yeah, I would have preferred Taft's green, I think. Yeah. Personally. Interesting. I don't know. I feel like I've seen it blue before as well, like a dark blue. But yeah. I can't remember. The White House yet again catches on fire in 1929, and it destroys this brand new executive wing um, when Herbert Hoover was president. So that had to get rebuilt, go figure, um, and was rebuilt during Franklin Roosevelt's presidency. So mm. 
They had the West Wing reconstructed and they moved the Oval Office here. Um, they also had a swimming pool added to the White House because Franklin Roosevelt had polio while he was president and the swimming mm-hmm. pool was a really good form of therapy for him. So he had the swimming pool um, added into the house, which I don't remember if I have it in here. I don't think I have it in here. But um, today, where the uh, the pool room is, is mm-hmm. the press room. So you know that press room that they have and the president um. will come in and make speeches and there's like all of the people sitting there from the different newspapers and articles and stuff like that. Yeah. That's the pool room. They just changed it and modified it so the press could have their own space in the White House. And if you go downstairs, they still call it the pool or like the swimming pool. But it's basically where all of the cables are to like house like the broadcasting and like people being able to use computers and stuff like that. So it's not really like an actual pool anymore, but that's where the pool room used to be. Which I thought was so interesting. That's cool. Yeah. They had it covered over for the press to be able to come in and use that space. So, let's see. What happened next? Oh, yes. So, we had the White House catch on fire, partially burn. It was fixed. Roosevelt had all of these renovations done, and then um, he passed, and President Harry S. Truman took office in 1945. And when he did, noticed that the White House had some really bad structural weakness and, like, (laughs) the building was falling down, (laughs) which... Very nice. Fair. It was built a really long time ago. But basically, they had everything inside of the White House except for the exterior walls was 100% demolished. Like... They repaired oh, wow. the foundation. They had steel beams added in to hold up the floors. And it was like fully like gutted, basically. That's and wild. they lived in the Blair House during this whole thing, which is like the guest house for um the presidential guests. The president. Yes. But they had all of this um work done and overseen by architect Lorenzo Winslow in then Wow. Yeah. We love it. We love Lorenzo. <laughs> and then in 1952, the Truman family moved back into the White House. So it finished up in seven-ish years, which mm-hmm. is pretty quick mm-hmm. for the entire White House basically being rebuilt, I feel like. Yeah, the entire inside. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they modernized and updated it to their taste. And within the next presidency... We get to the Kennedy family, but Jackie Kennedy, who was the first, like, really recognized first lady, was a huge advocate for the history of the White House and for the preservation of the White House. So she founded the White House, the White House Historical Association, which is a nonprofit organization to preserve the White House and make the home more publicly accessible. And declared the White House a museum. So this is when the tours started in the White House was because of her and because of her efforts to try to make this like a public space, not just this private residence for the president. And she said, quote, it just seems to me such a shame when we came here to find hardly any part of the past in the house, hardly anything before 1902. 
And she wanted the White House to resemble Columbia's presidential palace where they had pretty much every piece of furniture in there had some link to the past or to a specific person or to a specific event. And like it was more like a museum and like people could look back on different events because of things Mm. like that. So she was really a huge advocate for the White House, which I thought was just so cool. She worked with interior designers um, to bring the house back to what she was hoping to be the original style, bring back original art pieces and bring back time period appropriate furniture and stuff like that. So she initially worked with um, a designer called Sister Parish, which I actually remember seeing stuff about when we did our um, like notable interior designers episode, but I didn't really research her. Um, there's a rumor. Uh, well, Sister Parish got fired basically. And oh. um, they supposedly did not get along there's talk that it was argument over money there's talk that um sister parish hit one of the kennedy children no clue what happened but something scandalous happened (laughs) um and after sister parish um stephanie budin budin budon budin was hired to oversee the rest of the decorating done in the White House. Okay. Yeah. So the Kennedy family had a huge impact. And even after um, Kennedy got assassinated, it was only, I think, a week later that um, Jackie was advocating for people to be able to start coming and tour the White House again. So, like, she really was like, I want the people in here. Like, I want to show that, like, we're not afraid, that we're not trying to show people away like i want people to be able to still come and like see the white house even though like we're grieving basically right so dang yeah then we have between uh 1989 and 1970 there was a porte corchet and a circular drive added to the exterior of the west wing and that's when the new press briefing room was installed inside. So that's what I was talking about with the pool room. Yeah. And not changing okay. to the press briefing room because people were just standing outside the White House and like they would go outside to talk to them. But then they were like, it looks really weird for people to just be consistently on the White House lawn. Like, why don't we bring them inside True. and give them their own wing? And some presidents had them actually like the press would follow them around and I can't remember what president it was, but there was one president that would literally like the press would go to every single event with him and they would go up to his private residence with him. Like if he wanted to take a nap and they wanted to talk to him, like he would invite them upstairs and like he would literally be laying in bed napping and they'd be asking him questions kind of thing, like having a conversation. So it's more of a way for the president to be able to control the media in whatever the way they want to. And some people were super open. Some people weren't. Um, but this was the first step of like inviting the press into the White House and giving them their own essentially quarters in the house. Mm. Let's see. In 1978, they did a study to assess the exterior paint of the White House. Do you want to guess how many layers of paint they removed from the house? Well, didn't it burn down like 5,000 times? It did burn down like 5,000 times, but. There is still somehow an excessive number of layers of paint on the house. 20. More. Oh. 
hundred plus. Okay, how many? It was forty layers of paint. That's a lot. I know. So they did this basically just to repair the de- deteriorated stone underneath and then repaint. But I was like, forty layers of paint. Yeah, that's what a lot of paint. Layers? We then go into the Carter administration, who... Jimmy Carter, he was the first president to be inducted under a nickname. Oh, really? Is he James? Yes. Oh, that sounds wrong. Let me look it up. That wasn't one of the fun facts I, like, kept, but I was like, oh, that's cool. But essentially, so Jimmy Carter's administration um, oversaw the installation. Oh, he was James. Okay. James Carter then uh, was the they installed the White House's first computer and laser printer. We're moving up in the world, people. We got Internet. We got uh, all we got water closets. We got water closets. We've got electrical lights. (laughs) It's all very, very um, exciting. Oh, excuse me. The internet didn't come until George H.W. Bush in 1992. And since then, even um, different changes have been made to the White House. And I feel like a lot of that's more public in terms of people seeing documentaries and it's being published published on television um, now more than it was at that time, like when stuff was happening and... People didn't Mm. really care necessarily, but those were the most notable, like, historical events that happened at the White House in terms of decoration, in terms of the change of architectural style, in terms of it burning down and being rebuilt. So there's definitely stuff I missed. There's definitely more. Um, Oh, one fun fact that I just thought of. Yes. Off the top of my head. Okay. One last one that I thought about the top of my head. Um, so Jackie Kennedy, after she restored the White House, did a televised tour. I want to say it was on Valentine's Day. And um, it was the second televised tour of the White House. And she ended up going on to get like an Emmy for her television performance oh with the tour of the White House. Because people wild. loved it so much. Like I think... I can't remember how many people um, tuned in for the broadcast, but it was like an excessive amount of people were watching her do a full tour of the White House on TV. So impressive. I just thought that was so interesting because it's like, I feel like now it's just normal that like, oh yeah, I can go YouTube like a tour of the White House. But then it's like, you have to catch the specific time and you have to get the channel and you have to X, Y, and Z and everyone has to be there because it doesn't, you can't pause and replay and all that stuff. Yeah. That is crazy. It is. One fact that I found that I was like, oh, this is related because we've been into, you've been in your golfing era, is that Dwight Eisenhower was an avid golfer and he's the one who installed the putting green that's still on the White House lawn. Ooh. That is a fun fact. That is very fun. Did you find out when, like, the movie theater and bowling alley and stuff were installed? (laughs) Like, it wasn't really. No, highlighted. I have not. I I was more looking at trying to look at historical facts. Really should have probably gotten into today. 
Um, Fun things can... in the White House, and then we can be done. <laughs> All right. Do you want to hear my other? I have a few more points, not related to necessarily the the history and like how things happen, but um, just like random fun facts. I also have random fun facts. Okay. So I have um, after a president leaves office, um, Elise actually taught me this. A lot of presidents get what they call presidential libraries, which are um, kind of what it sounds like. It's a museum or a library that gets installed in their original district that they came from. So there's um, a few in some states. Some states have none. It kind of varies, again, depending on the president. But yeah. Um, and not I every president remember, gets it. It's like you I have to get they get funded for it. I want to, no. So now every president does get it, but I want to say it started with Hoover was the first president. Mm. Every president since him has gotten it. And mm. essentially they take artifacts and pieces of history from their time and duration during the White House and they can display it in their presidential library. And there's actually a lot of presidents that have been buried at their library as well. Mm. Who are dead. Not the alive people, but the dead people have been good buried at their library. So, oh, yes, since Hoover, I do have that note. So, okay, I thought that was interesting. So, if you're not able to go to the White House, maybe you're able to go and see your own presidential library that's in your state if you have one. Maine doesn't have yes. one. Sad, but there's one in York. Boston. There's yes. one. There's a few in Texas. There's one in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. There is two in california mm-hmm. the reason i know this is because my mom her bucket list is on her book it's on her bucket list to visit every presidential library so oh. if you visit all of them and you get stamps from all of them then you get something at the end oh, i can't remember cool. what it is it's like a pen or something oh i was gonna say we definitely did not get a stamp when we went we went to one of them in california i forget which one but mm. anyways this fun fact is about paint because we talked about how many layers. Guess mm-hmm. how many gallons of paint it takes to cover the outside of the White House. I have this fun fact written down. It's 570 gallons. It's true. <laughs> and it's true. She guessed right. Yes. Do you want to hear one And then the last thing. What? Yes. Oh, you can go ahead. And then I'll, I have three more facts. Okay. The last thing I was going to say is that all the recreation stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, is tennis court, jogging track, swimming pool, movie theater, billiard room, and bowling lane. Interesting. It's a lot of extra clerk killers. Yep. That's it. <laughs> oh, I have one more thing after this, but you go first. Okay. So in the White House, there are 132 rooms, 35 bathrooms. And six levels just in the residence. And then there are 412 doors, 147 windows, 28 fireplaces, eight staircases, and three elevators in the entire building. That was the- my next one. <laughs> the White House kitchen is able to serve dinner to 140 guests and hors d'oeuvres to more than 1,000. Oh my god. Just because of the size and capacity that they can cook things at. And at various times in history, the White House has been called the President's Palace, the President's House, and the Executive Mansion. And Teddy Roosevelt was the one that officially started calling it the White House in 1901. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, God bless America, brother. <laughs> Yeehaw. Ye friggin' haw. Long live. Um, I think that's it. February is just such a busy month. My it birthday, is. President's Day, Valentine's Black History Month, Day, Black Valentine's History Month, both Day. of my cat's birthdays. Both of her cat's birthdays. Very important. But no one else at my office because I'm the only one. I'm so special. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, all right. New episodes every Wednesday, a-holes. We love you and we hope that you enjoyed this episode and found it fun. And if anyone, before I look it up after this, knows what the currency was like before, you know, every president, oh. <laughs> let me know. Or you can just DM me and be like, you're so dumb. Of In course the 1700s, what did In that what that coin yeah. look like? Or do they just still use whatever England uses, pounds or whatever? There's a chance. And then... Uh, yeah, our Instagram is at a whole design podcast where we'll post all the pictures we've been talking about today and like all the pictures of different White House phases before and after all these fires that apparently have happened. Our TikTok is at a whole design pod. And we love you, a holes. We'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.